Now we move on to Mark's gospel, which is uh, really turning the page into a different kind of world. In Mark's gospel, um, we have Jesus speaking. Uh, it's very unclear the way the text unfolds exactly um, when it takes place. Uh, it could be the night of the resurrection, could be before the ascension. It's a, it's a little bit difficult to place exactly where it is. And there's some textual challenges there, which I do uh, explore more in chapter 5 of my book. But the, the text comes out to this. Uh, Go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. That's the kind of the heart of the, the passage. Now, in this passage, again, like Matthew, it also has a single imperative form. That is to say, there's only one verb in the passage that is in the imperative or command form. So once again, it's the same kind of like repeat you know, story. People assume that the word, the imperative here is go, but it's not. Uh, in this case, the word, the command word is you know, <coughs> preach. Okay, it's the word for proclaim. Okay, so this means that Mark is seeking to surround the gospel in the central kind of thrust of proclaiming or proclamation. Now, this is important because in Matthew, the central word is make disciples. Now we have a central word is proclamation or preaching. Now, discipleship and preaching are two different but really crucial works of the church. So we're seeing already, even with just Matthew and Mark, that we're building a very beautiful story of what the Great Commission is. See, remember the Great Commission is all of these texts. So we're trying to kind of build together that only by looking at all of them do we really understand the Great Commission. Now, in my experience working in India with a lot of Indian students, and even my work at, uh, at Gordon-Conwell training students, I found that there's certain people that have the God-given gift of evangelism, preaching the gospel. That's a gift they have. They really like to engage the unbeliever, and that is a particular gift they have. And you, when you see it, you, it's a beautiful thing. I know students who cannot, can hardly wait to graduate. They're so anxious to get out. I have seen people in my classes, one of my uh, young men, Lamo Patanayak, my first ever saw him in a classroom. I had been teaching in America, and I was here I was now myself in India, in my first day of class, he had uh, bruises all over his face. He was clearly bruised. And even though Indians have dark, darker skin, it was clear he, is, he had a serious problem. So during the break, uh, the first day of class, I chatted up with him and found out that he was out, you know, preaching the gospel in the village, and he had been beaten up. And he still had bruises on his face when he attended our class. Uh, that was a, I had never had that experience uh, in my classes in North America. And then uh, when he graduated, sometime later, when he finished the course, course of study, I said to him, well, um, what are you going to do? I'm going to go back to that tribe, that group. He went back, and, and, they, and Indians, they, they, um, they really cannot resist using speakers. In India, a speaker is a really important. Now you have your Bible, and you have your speakers. And so when you go out in the village, you put your speakers up, you know, and you preach to the speaker. There's five people there, you still use the speaker. It, you know, it's just the way it's done. So he had his speakers, you know, and, and they, 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 they burst his speakers open. They threw him into the monsoon mud, you know, and kicked him out. Uh, but he kept going back. And he had a Bible. Most Indians have one Bible. And, and just like your Bible, it's very precious to them. They have it marked up. And 
They have, you know, they know everything is in it. And they took his Bible and they just ripped it to shreds, you know, and they put it in the mud and they kicked him out, beat him up again. He kept going back. He just has to get, he kept saying in, in Hindi, the, the word is, uh, is sutamatar. Sutamatar means good news or gospel. I've got, I've got good news for it. They don't have the distinction of gospel. That means good news. In India, gospel means good news. So he's like, I have good news for you. I'm trying to tell you good news. Why would you beat me up? I have good news for you. They finally thought, this guy is really persistent. And i never forget one Christmas, he sent me this picture of his father. His father also went through a program. His father and himself in this river, like neat, you know, waist deep in this river, baptizing the first 20 people in this village into the gospel. It was amazing. He was just gifted evangelist. And now they've built a number of you know, ministries and churches and various things over the last uh, 25 years there. But I have other students who are like, you know, I'm not, that's not really my gift. But once they come into the faith, once they come in, let me take over from there. I, I know what to do. I can, I can raise them the faith. I can teach them, train them up. Uh, that's a really wonderful gift. When I was a pastor... I would, uh, I, I told my, I had a men's group we called Fishers of Men. I teach how to evangelize. And so they came, I went through the program, and I told them this very simple method of evangelism. We do this, we do this, we do this. So in those days, and it's not possible today, I used to go down to the post office every week and say, who moved in this week to our community? And they would give me the addresses, names and addresses of who moved in. Okay, this is different, I know. <laughs> but... <laughs> In those days, no one even thought about things like that. And so I got every week the addresses of, of people who moved in. And we'd, I'd go visit them and run the church, share the gospel, et cetera. So I thought, this would be great if we could multiply this out in our community and, and just share the gospel. So I went through the whole thing, and um, they all graduated. And, um, and I had a little thing. I said, if you want to go out and preach the gospel, get a little, get a little pen for your lapel, a little fish. Fishers of men, you know. I'm a little corny, but, you know, we did it. So when it came out, the, uh, the, the man's like, no, no, we're not going to go. Said, Why not? You've been through this course. You've been through the training. You know, you learned all the steps, what to say, you know that. Eh, we just don't feel comfortable. I said, okay, uh, would you feel comfortable if I, went, if I went with you? Oh, that'd be great. You went with us, be fine. All right. I said, okay. So we went out. We, I took him out one time. I said, you, don't, you could be like a stone. You're like a stone. You can just stand there. And you have to say a word. Oh, they love that. It's okay. But the second time we go out, we both talk. Third time, I'm the stone. And fourth time, you're on your own. So we did that. So the first time I went out, and, and where we were, people were happy to invite us to their home. We had a cup of tea. We talked, shared the gospel, love the church. You know, we'd go, go, oh, it's so bad. You know, and the next time, we'd both talk. Third time, they would do it. The next time, they were on their own. And we had a tremendous, we, and our church won the, they had an award in those days called the Evangelism of the Year Award, whatever. We won it on multiple years because our church was mobilized. But I realized they needed help in discovering the gift of evangelism. Others in that same group, to be fair, could not do it. They just never could do that. But they were great once we got them into the church. They knew what to do. And I produced some little books that we, we eventually published. One was on Apostles' Creed, you know, what are the 12 things that Christians believe and why? And then a book on the Ten Commandments, the Lord's Prayer, and the two sacraments. And boy, we could use this material, and the church has traditionally used that material for, you know, through history, the Ten Commandments, the Lord's Prayer, and the, and the Apostles' Creed, to train new believers 
and disciple them. That's kind of what Mark, Matthew and Mark are about, these two kind of ministries that are being brought out here.